Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you were here last week, you know that we began a new sermon series called God is Hiring. Are you ready to work for Him? And last week, Pastor John started with the first message around the concept of work, and he made the point that the greatest of all work has been done by God for us. That is, the work of Jesus Christ accomplishing our salvation. By dying on the cross and rising again, Jesus did everything necessary to give us the gift of eternal life through faith in Him. But then Pastor John went on to say that our response to God's work of salvation ought be one of thankfulness and and joy as we dedicate ourselves to working for Him, to serving Him in all that we do. You know, most companies that uh, have employees uh, have a human resources department. Perhaps some of you are human resources professionals. And one of the tasks of the human resource professional is to establish job descriptions and then to evaluate resumes of potential employees and to try to match up the job description with a person's abilities and characteristics and experience. Today we want to explore how God has gifted his people for service in and through the church. Thus, God is hiring. Are you ready to work for him? How has God uniquely gifted us, his people, for service in ministry through the church? You know, in a number of places in the New Testament, the church is referred to as the body of Christ. And the the, uh, image of a human body becomes a helpful metaphor to describe what the church is like. You think about it, you have your human body, and it's made up of many different parts, of course. And uh, that analogy can be a very helpful metaphor to describe what the church is like. That's what Paul was writing about in that second reading we heard a moment ago in Romans 12. I'm going to read two of those verses again. Paul said, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. The church is the body, the body of Christ. He expands on this idea in his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12, where he writes these words. Paul says, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, and now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So this morning we want to consider what it means, practically speaking, that the church is the body of Christ. And we are going to talk very practically. What does it mean that Each of us is a part of this body called the church. And how is that body supposed to function? Well, 
There's a number of insights I I want to uh, highlight this morning. And the first is that every part of the body is important. It certainly is true with your human body. Every single part is important. And they're not all the same, but they're all important. And they're all interconnected, of course. You stub your toe at night, your whole body feels it, right? Every part is important. Paul says to the Corinthians, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And so it is in the church as well. Every part of the body, the church, is important. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. You know, sometimes uh, even church members will, will say of themselves, oh, you know, you don't really need me. I'm not all that gifted. You don't really need me. But that is so untrue. The truth is, yes, we do need you. We all need you, don't we? Because we are one body and we're all interconnected and everyone provides a unique ability that if it's left out, robs the entire body of its greatest effectiveness. So everyone is important. A second point about this is that every believer is uniquely gifted. Every believer who's a part of the body of Christ is uniquely gifted. Paul says in Romans 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And this brings up the topic that we're going to explore more this morning, the topic of spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. When we talk about spiritual gifts as the New Testament describes them, we're talking about more than talents and natural abilities, which are also gifts from God and which interplay with spiritual gifts. But we're talking about something that is given by the Holy Spirit to believers in Jesus. A spiritual gift might be described as a special capacity for service to God and others. A special capacity in a certain area of service to God and others. Here's an example. One of the spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament is the gift of mercy. Now, on the one hand, all of us who are Christians are supposed to act with mercy toward other people. We're to be merciful. We're to care about others in their needs. But some people, some believers, are given the spiritual gift of mercy, which is a special capacity to sense the needs and hurts of others and to respond it with compassion and care. Some people just have that gift of mercy to reach out to those who are hurting. Maybe that's you. So that's the second point. Every believer is uniquely gifted. The third point is this. Spiritual gifts are God's way of equipping believers for ministry. God wants ministry to be done. He wants people's lives to be impacted with the good news of Jesus. And he gives spiritual gifts to equip us for ministry. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. So this is an important topic we should all be familiar with. I do not want you to be ignorant. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. I want to underscore a number of key points from that passage alone. First of all, notice he says there are different kinds of gifts. There is a wonderful variety of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to his church. Secondly, notice that every believer has at least one, if not more than one, spiritual gift. Because he says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you have at least one spiritual gift, if not more than one, and the task is to discover what that might be and then how to put that into use in ministry. He goes on to say that these gifts are given for the common good. In other words, these gifts are not given for self-centered, selfish purposes. These aren't given so that I can, can simply benefit myself. They're given for the common good, for the good of the whole church, and ultimately for the good of the world as we use our gifts to impact the world for the sake of the gospel. And notice then he also says that the Holy Spirit gives them as he determines. The Holy Spirit decides who's going to receive which gift. We don't demand that we must have a certain gift. He decides. And he gives them in a wonderful diversity across the church. A fourth point is this, that we are now called to use our gifts in service to God and to others. In other words, we've been given these gifts not to just have them sit there and, and go stale, but though, so they might be used in service to God and in service to other people. This is what Peter is writing about in his first letter when he says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. You see, Jesus wants to impact the world. He came into this world and accomplished salvation for it. And he wants to impact impact the world with his love. And he does that through you and me, his body, the church. He wants all people to know the love of God and how are they going to experience that but through you and me as we use our gifts to impact the world for Christ. He calls us to use those unique gifts we've been given to serve other people. And when it comes to spiritual gifts, there is this wonderful variety and we we can celebrate the fact that we don't all have the same gifts. Viva la différence, right? I'm not gifted in certain areas that you are gifted in and vice versa. But that's the way God designed it. Paul says it in Romans 12 this way, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then he mentions what some of them are. If a man's gift is prophesying or preaching, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. 
And, and, and notice it's recognizing that every gift is helpful, useful, and important. I like that Old Testament reading we heard this morning about Moses, who was trying to do everything himself, you know, and it was driving everybody, including himself, crazy. And his father-in-law, Jethro, said, Moses, this isn't good for you or anybody else. Use the people around you who are gifted to take on some of these tasks. And he sets other people in charge of different responsibilities. Well, some things never change. God has gifted his people for service in unique ways. Now, what Paul provided us in Romans 12 is a partial list of the, whole, of the Holy Spirit gifts. Others are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You might want to read 1 Corinthians 12 this week. Some of the gifts mentioned are miraculous gifts. But most of the gifts that are mentioned are more ordinary that focus on serving others for the sake of Christ. My basic question to all of us this morning is this. Do you know which spiritual gift or gifts you have received? Do you know which gift is yours? This morning, we would like to, in a very practical, hands-on way, help you begin to discover what your spiritual gift or gifts might be. At the end of each row or pew, there is a stack of a spiritual gift survey. Whoever's at the end of the pew, I'm going to ask you to pass those down the pew so everybody has a copy. There should be some pens there as well. And I want to explain the use of this survey this morning. Everybody should have a copy of the spiritual gifts survey. There are also pencils in front of you. But let me explain how this works. By the way, this is not divinely inspired. It is just a tool that can assist us in beginning to discover what our spiritual gifts might be. The spiritual gifts survey consists of 80 statements. And the idea is to respond to each statement with one of five responses. If you put a number five on the line in front of that statement, it means this one is highly characteristic of me. It's definitely true for me. Uh, Four would be most of the time this would describe me and be true of me. Uh, Three would be frequently characteristic of me, true for me about 50% of the time. A two means occasionally characteristic of me, true for me about a fourth of the time. And then a one is, this is not at all characteristic of me. This is definitely untrue for me. So those are the five responses. The 80 statements are before you on, um, on the first uh, three and a half pages of this particular document. We're going to actually give you time in the service now to begin completing this survey. You may not get through it all uh, during the service. Then again, you may. But if you'll look at the fourth page, at the end of the 80th statement, there is a scoring sheet in which you can uh, uh, place the scoring in in the chart to determine which of your spiritual gifts come up at the highest. Now, this particular survey does not include the miraculous gifts. It's just 16 of the service-oriented gifts listed here. But that's where we want to begin. So uh, the idea is to identify what are your top three spiritual gifts. 
And then if I may ask you to look at the very last page of the handout, the very last page of the handout asks you to write down your top three spiritual gifts and give your contact information. What we would like you to do ideally is to complete the survey, score it, fill out the last page, tear off the last page, and hand that last page in. The ushers have a basket that they're going to receive these. You fold it in half and place it in the basket. The rest you keep yourself, okay? Now, if you don't get this done right now, we have set up a room right across the the patio in Building A, Room 101. Grab a cup of coffee, go into Building A, Room 101 after the service, and fill it out. There's a basket there. You can leave it there. If you still don't want to do this today, you want to take it home, that's fine. I would just ask that you plan to bring that last sheet back with you next Sunday and deposit it. Um, or email the information to us at the church office at info at sotdaz.org. But I'm going to give you some time now with some quiet music playing in the background to begin completing the survey. And if you have any questions, I'm going to be uh, wandering around available. I can come and answer questions for you. But may this be an experience of discovering how God the Holy Spirit has gifted you.